So let, let's look in uh, Luke 19, where we'll be today. This may be familiar uh, to you if you ever went to a Sunday school class or a vacation Bible school. This, this is one of the Bible stories that you may recognize. And we'll, we'll read it and then, then pray and get into what I believe the Lord has for us today. But it says in Luke 19, in verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. And there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the revealed nature and character of the God that we serve and who has called us by his name. I thank you, Lord, that you'll open our eyes today to the wonders of it. Holy Spirit, you illuminate it for us. Uh, you enlighten us uh, to the kingdom. And I thank you that you're teaching us how life really and actually works in your kingdom. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. So here again, you probably recognize this if you've, if you've been around any, any length of time. Jesus is traveling through Jericho and, and there's a man named Zacchaeus. You know, the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. Right. It keeps going, but I won't I won't burden you with that. Uh, it says Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. In that area. And remember, we didn't get in our Bible story like the full uh, description of what a tax collector actually was during that time. This is someone who has bought uh, the right from Rome to raise taxes for Rome among the people of Israel. And the taxes that they collected would go to Rome to fund all the soldiers and the occupation uh, that were there in Israel uh, that, that were doing terrible things to, to the people that live there. So these are people that are essentially traitors to their country. Again, it would be like if Russia came in here, took over, and some of us could sign up to go, hey, here's what I'll do. I'll go take money legally from the people that are my friends and neighbors and family, and I'll give it to you so that you can pay soldiers to hold them at gunpoint and, and, and rule over them with an iron fist. Right. We wouldn't like that person. But this is who the tax collectors were. They purchased the right from Rome to raise taxes for Rome from the people of Israel to fund the occupation. And it says that Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector in the region. So he, he's the boss of the traders. And worse than that, he's being enriched by it. So he is putting this, this iron fist of Rome right on the top of God's people, and he's benefiting from their despair and their distress, right? So even just by occupation, not, not a good guy, not a good person, not, not someone who's done good things. 
And his name, Zacchaeus, interestingly or ironically, means pure, means innocent. Well, he, obviously he wasn't that, but it, it, that's, his, that's his name, and we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but we find him here in chapter 19. It said there was a man named Zacchaeus, chief tax collector. He had become very rich. He was trying to see Jesus. He was trying to see Jesus. He wanted to see him. See, Jesus now and then when he was walking on the earth, he's not just a popular fad, right? Now, there were people that were following him just because they thought it was cool. There's something going on. You know, if there's activity, it's going to bring some people that are just on looking. But we have to remember that Jesus, the son of God, the savior of the world, the light of the world, when he is on the scene, it stirs some things up. It has to. It can't keep from it. You know, he talked about when he was coming into the city, which we'll get to in his triumphant entry. And the people are shouting, Hosanna, the Lord saves. The Lord has come to save us. And the Pharisees said, you need to tell them to stop. And he was like, listen, you don't understand how monumental what is happening is. If I told them to be quiet, like the ground would start to shake. Rocks would start to cry out like this is going to happen. Why? Because of the the, the, the massive energy that comes with him, who he is and what he's doing. And so Zacchaeus felt that. Again, he's not just a popular fad. He's, he's the son of God and fleshed among us. And that stirs things up. It can't not stir things up. And it says Zacchaeus couldn't see him. He was too short to see over the crowd. I feel him in that. Right. Short people, problems. He couldn't see him. He said, I'm too short. So it says he ran ahead to where he knew Jesus was going to pass by and he climbed up into a tree. And now the running ahead, the climbing up a tree, it's kid kind of stuff. So for a grown up, it's a little dishonorable. It would have been kind of embarrassing if he had been seen doing this, but he didn't care. He wanted to see Jesus. And again, he, he, he was the chief tax collector in the region. He was a rich man in the region. He would have been concerned with honor and dignity. And yet he ran ahead and climbed a tree because he was trying to see Jesus. He knew that was the way he was going to pass by. So we're going to talk about some application on this. What does this mean for our life? What can we learn from this? You know, that normally comes at the end, but we're going to start on it right now. Uh, so for us, just like Zacchaeus, we want to be looking for, looking to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus. And we're looking for him anyway. We don't always realize that's what we're looking for, right? We've talked about that. All of our desires find their right end and their right satisfaction in him. So all the things we're seeking after, what we're actually looking for is him, even though we may not realize it. But we need to look to Jesus. And that can sound cliche. You know, it's been used so much. And you know, we'll just look, look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Just look, look to the Lord in this situation. And it just sounds like an empty platitude. But but the idea isn't what's wrong. It's what our heart has done with it. Right. It's treated as just like this trite little thing like, well, maybe, you know, let's see things will work out, get better. But but we want to look to Jesus in spite of who we are. In spite of who we are, remember Zacchaeus was a tax collector, the chief among them. It goes down, they called him a notorious sinner. You know who he's friends with? Probably nobody. Maybe other tax collectors. Those are the only people who are hanging out with Zacchaeus. Why? Because of who he is and what he has done. 
the religious people of the time, the religious leaders, especially the Pharisees, the Sadducees, would have seen Zacchaeus as ruined. He's beyond help. He's beyond hope. The only thing he has left is the righteous judgment of God. That's where they would have categorized him. That's where they would have left him. He's ruined. Why? Because of who he is. Because of who he is, he, who he is and what he's chosen to do with his life. But yet he's still a person and he still has that built in desire that all of us have to know, experience and worship God. We all have that. Every person that's breathing has that. Even if you can't see it in them, I promise you it's there. Why? Because they're created just like you and I were. There's that desire there. Even if you've numbed it, you've buried it, you've covered it up with lots of things, you don't even realize what it is. It's there. He's a person with this built-in desire to know, experience, and worship God. Jesus who, who's passing by. And I'm sure for him, just like there is for us, there's some concern that comes along with that. Why? Because he knows who he is. He knows that he's lied. He knows that he's cheated. He knows that he's persecuted God's people, that he's stolen, that he's been enriched by criminal activity, basically. And then he's funding the oppression of his own people, of God's people. And so we want to look to Jesus no matter who we are and no matter what we have done. No matter what we've done, remember everyone, everyone, everyone is a candidate for redemption. Everyone, everyone is a candidate for redemption. Zacchaeus had done awful things and he'd helped the Romans do worse things. He was a bad actor and an accessory to worse acts. But, but he still had a heart that was beating and he found in it the desire to see Jesus. When our heart's still beating, it's hungry to know Jesus again, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we realize it or not. He's the one we're looking for. And when we start to realize that, we also start to realize who we are, what we've done and the fact that we won't be welcome at the table. Right. We start to realize that and Zacchaeus would have uh, done that. You, you see, he didn't push through the crowd. Again, this is a man, he was a tax collector. He would have been friends with the Romans. He, he could have pushed through the crowd right up to Jesus and said, hi there, my name's Zacchaeus. I just wanted to meet you while you were in town today. I was interested in knowing who you were. He didn't do that. Why not? Probably because he didn't think that he could. Not because of who he was in the city, but because of who Jesus was and who he knew himself to be. He didn't push through the crowd. He said, I just want to get, I just want to see him. I just want to see him from afar off. I can't see over this crowd. I'll get up in this tree. So he's looking anyway. He's looking to Jesus and so should we. You got to think what his mind and his heart were turning over in these moments. Who is this man? Who is this man that I've heard is doing these mighty works? He, he speaks like no one else has ever spoken. I, I, I've heard the things that he's talking about, the things that he says. Nobody talks like this. And when I hear it, 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 it it's setting something off on the inside of me. I got to find out who this is. I got to glimpse him. I got to see him. There's a real desire that starts to, to form there. So we want to look to Jesus no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no, no matter what we have or what we don't have. We look to Jesus. Remember, it says Zacchaeus was rich. He didn't find that to be enough. He still wanted to see Jesus. It doesn't matter how much we have or how much we don't 
have, we still need to, want to, must push in to see Jesus. Remember the uh, rich man that we talked about just in the last chapter as we've been walking through the book of Luke, he came to Jesus and said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, why do you call me good? Only God is good. What, what are the, you know, the, the commandments are these. And he says, well, I got that. I do the commandments. I'm good. And he said, one thing you lack, you know, give everything you have to the poor, right? He went to his heart knowing what his issue was. And it said the man went away sad because he was very rich, but he still had that desire. Even though he had all these things, he still knew that there was something that he was missing, and Zacchaeus was the same way. So we want to seek to see Jesus no matter who we are, what we've done, what we have or what we don't have. And then number four, what others think, what it looks like to others. See, Zacchaeus was going to see Jesus no matter what he looked like doing it. Right. He did things that were that would have looked silly. You know, he, he ran ahead. He climbed up in a tree. Can you imagine going to like, you know, a Christmas parade here in town and seeing a grown man running ahead and then climbing up the tree so that he could see the parade? You'd be like, what is going on with this guy? And then especially if he if he held some type of position of prominence in the city, elected position or whatever, you may be the head of a company and you see him climbing up this tree and like, is this, what's, what's going on with this guy? Right. But he didn't care. He was OK with doing something that looked dishonorable for him. Why? Because he couldn't not look for Jesus. Regardless of what he looked like doing it, he climbed that tree because he knew that's where Jesus was going to pass by. So we want to make sure that in our life and our decision making, in our scheduling, that we're always putting ourselves in a position where Jesus is moving. Where he's moving. And, and that's not complicated, right? That's good. It's like coming here. Coming here. This is a place to come to position yourself in the path of Jesus. This is one of the places that he's going to be. I mean, he's with me all the time. He's in my heart. Yes, absolutely. Where is he working? Where is he moving? Where is the kingdom being announced? Here. I mean, it says wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there also in their midst. Right. He's not here because I'm here doing this. I'm here doing this because he's here. That's why we're here, because he is here. Where else is he? he? You find him in here. When you sit down with this in your lap and you open it up and you start to seek him there, you will find him there. It says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he created everything through him. Everything that was made was made through him. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. These are the places where he's passing by in our life. These are the places where he's moving. And we have to make sure that we're looking where he's going to be. Get where Jesus is moving. Again, regardless of who you are. I just don't feel like I'm, I'm good enough to be there. I just don't feel like, regardless of what you've done. Well, you don't know. I mean, you don't know what I did this. You don't know this. You don't know what happened last week. You don't know what I did ten, for, for 10 years. You don't know. Regardless of who we are, what we've done, what we have or what we don't have, whether it looks cool or not cool, whether it looks desperate or not, we press in to see Jesus. And we're going to see why you have Zacchaeus, who was uh, uh, the chief tax collector, dishonest thief, and his heart was looking for Jesus. He needed something he didn't have. And there was that heart knowing 
deep on the inside of him that we all have, that we all have felt that Jesus was the answer. And he runs ahead, climbs up a tree just so he can see. Right. He said, I don't know if I can even go up to him. again. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he just walk up to him? Hey, I'm Zacchaeus. Now, why wouldn't he do that? He didn't feel like he could. He climbs this tree. He just wants to see Jesus. And then Jesus, verse five, it says, when Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down here. I must be a guest in your home today. He called him by his name and said, I must be a guest in your home today. This didn't happen a bunch when Jesus is going about. You know, people holler out to Jesus. Hey, Jesus, help me. Hey, over here. And he would talk to him and he would minister to him and he would spend time with him. There wasn't a lot where Jesus was calling people out. He called Zacchaeus out, I guess, because he was in a tree. <laughs> That's the only way he, to, to get his attention. He calls him out and he calls him by his name. And then Zacchaeus answers and says, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, verse 6, and took Jesus to his house with great excitement and joy. So just imagine what that feels like. You're up in the tree because you just want to see Jesus. Care, you don't care what you look like. You don't care you know, about all these other things. And then he's passing by and then he looks up and you're like, oh, no. And he says, Zacchaeus calls you by your name. Maybe, do you think he, he probably thought he was in trouble? Yeah. Calls you by your name. You kind of go, yes. It's you, me, right? Me, Zacchaeus, this one in the tree. Yes, it's you. He calls you by your name and then says, come on down here. I'm going to go to your house and eat lunch today. I must be a guest in your house today. That feeling of he knows my name. He knows me and he still wants to come to my house. Just imagine what that does for Zacchaeus in his heart and in his mind right then. Because he didn't feel good enough to go up to Jesus. But he wants to see him. Jesus sees him, calls him by his name. Hey, I know you. Come here. I want to come to your house. In spite of who you are, in spite of what you've done, what you have, what you don't have, how you look up there in this tree. I'm coming to your house today. Zacchaeus went looking for Jesus and Jesus found Zacchaeus. And the people doing what people do, they see this and they're like, start grumbling, complaining. What in the world? Jesus going to Zacchaeus? Doesn't he know who that is? Zacchaeus is a notorious sinner. He's like the chief sinner of the whole city. And he's going to his house. Grumbling, griping, complaining. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus is in front of Jesus. And... We don't have record of Jesus saying anything else to him. But Zacchaeus has been looking for Jesus. And it's like now that he's in front of him, that desire and that push has caused just something to break in him. He has just fallen to holy pieces here in front of Jesus. And there's repentance. And he says, you know what, I'm going to give half of everything I have to the poor. And for the people that I've cheated, he said that I may have cheated. The people that I may have cheated... 
I'll pay back how much? Four, four times. So that doesn't leave him with a lot, I wouldn't think. But something's broken in him and there's repentance. And he says these things. And, and when we compare Zacchaeus to the rich man, remember the rich man who said, yeah, I followed all the commandments. And Jesus said, well, what about your heart? It's too tied up in what you have. Give that away and come and follow me. And he couldn't do it. He couldn't let go of what he had to follow Jesus. Zacchaeus doesn't even get the prompt. Jesus doesn't even go, so about all this stuff. Zacchaeus just he goes straight to the heart of the issue. He's standing there. He's, he's rich and he's crooked. He's dishonest. But when he gets in front of Jesus, he starts casting stuff off. Why? Because his eyes have been opened to his own sin and the needs of others. Jesus and being in his presence, open our eyes to who we are and who others are to him. And it changed immediately the way that Zacchaeus acted. He's like, I'm going to make restitution to all of these people. And he wasn't made right with God because he was making restitution. He was making restitution because a heart change was already taking place. It's amazing. And it's miraculous. The restitution was the proof of the repentance and not what led to it, not what bought him repentance. And again, all we had Jesus on record saying to Zacchaeus to prompt this and bring this about was come down here. I'm going to go to your house today. Let's go eat lunch. Me and you. And then Zacchaeus just falls to pieces why? Because his heart was ready because he had been looking. His heart was ready. So when Jesus showed up, he all of his defenses, he had already removed them. He said, I'm going to get past who I am, what I've done. It doesn't matter what I have. It doesn't matter what I look like to all these people that are around. Again, people are grumbling and complaining, griping, maybe in earshot. And it didn't matter to him. Because he was going to see Jesus. Look again what Jesus said in verse 9. This just gets better. Jesus responded. Responded to what? Zacchaeus saying, I, I'm going to make good with everybody. Everybody that I've wronged, I'm going to make good with them. Jesus said, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus responds to his repentance and says, salvation has come to this house today. Deliverance has come to this house today. The Messiah has come to this house today. Rescue is happening right now. Because listen, Zacchaeus was headed down a dark road that was going to end in complete and total damnation and judgment. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, but his eyes were opened and he knew what to look for. He looked for Jesus. Jesus called him a true son of Abraham. Had he been that? No. He'd been raising taxes for Rome from the sons and daughters of Abraham. He had sold them all out. What's Jesus saying? This is a new man standing here. This is a new person standing here. He had been a traitor to his people. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to restore you to your right place. The one that you ruined, the one that you messed up. I'm going to restore you to your right place in the family where you would have been if you had never sinned. A true son of Abraham. How can Jesus do that? 
Verse 10, it says, he, he said, the son of man, which we're going to talk about the son of man. Again, that's something that Jesus calls himself. The son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Came to seek and save those who are lost. Zacchaeus was looking for Jesus, trying to see why, because he was lost and in darkness and spiraling in the life that he had built for himself. All of his terrible decisions, following earthly passions. And Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Zacchaeus' heart was seeking Jesus in spite of who he was, in spite of what he had done, in spite of what he had or didn't have and what it would look like to others. Again, we need to get ourselves to where Jesus is going to be. The path of Jesus, the path of the kingdom. We need to constantly and consistently put ourselves in his path, looking to Jesus because he's looking for us. He was looking for Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus and Jesus saw Zacchaeus, looked him in the eye, called him by name. Remember what his name meant? Pure, innocent. Jesus called him that out of his own mouth. Hey, innocent one, pure one. Come on down here. Why? Because he, he, he was about to be remade. He was about to experience a new life in Christ. Again, was he worthy for Jesus to call him that pure and innocent? No. Are we? No, we're not. But Jesus said, hey, get down here. Hurry up. Quick. Why I'm coming to your house today. So you see a new relationship form there. It changed the way that Zacchaeus thought immediately. And the new way of thinking immediately affected his actions. Jesus restored his name, his household, and his inheritance as a son of Abraham. Salvation has come to this home today. Rescue has come to this home today. For he has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham or a son of Abraham. What does the son of Abraham do? Looks to the Messiah, looks to the promise. We look to Jesus in spite of who we are. If we've been in Christ for so long or for not long, our eyes need to be full of him. Full up of him. We need to be looking for him. It's not just a one-time salvation turn your life around. Zacchaeus had to keep looking for Jesus. Keep looking to Jesus. Why? Because the old ways are going to try to creep back in when the pressure is put on. And that doubt and unbelief about all the things I used to be, all the things I used to do, all, what, what, where I used to come from, all that tries to start coming back up and guilt and fear and doubt and unbelief if we get away from where we're supposed to be. And then we have to get past what will look like and what other people will think. Zacchaeus ran ahead, climbed a tree, looking silly. But Jesus responded to the faith of seeking him. He said, those that seek me will find me. When they seek me with all of their heart, we get ourselves to where Jesus is moving. We seek him. And look, look, look what he did. It said he couldn't see above the crowd. He couldn't see past the stuff that was in front of him. So he, he elevated his vision. 
He went to a high place where he could see above the things that would distract him. Our heart needs that. We need to push some things aside. If it's going to distract us, if it's distract to get us off track from following him, seeking him, we've got to get above that. And that's what he did. Our heart needs to see him, to look upon him, to experience him, to be in right relationship with him, to worship him. It's the only way we function well. And he is looking for our look. Remember the story of the prodigal son that we read a few chapters back. It said when the son came to himself and decided he was going to return to his father's house, his father was standing out front waiting to see him looking to come home. And then what did he do? He ran to him, to me. He's looking for our eyes to be on him. And then he'll call you by your name. He'll restore our name. He'll call us knowingly to himself and say, guess whose house I'm coming to? I'm about to fill your house up. Amen. And then we need to be ready when we're in front of him that our heart is going to be compelled to dismantle the idols that we've had in our life. The things that we've trusted in instead of God, the things that we have held on to as as our safety and as our security or as our validation instead of him. When we get in front of him, we're going to go, I need to. Okay, why? Because I want my hands to be able to grab onto everything that he is. And I see in his presence that these other things aren't trustworthy at all. And only he is. And that's what you see with Zacchaeus. He gets into the presence of Jesus, who he had been seeking. And the first thing he does, like, I'm getting I'm getting rid of this stuff that, 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 that came from sinful action. I'm getting rid of this stuff that, that I was trusting in instead of God that I thought would put me above other people. I'm getting rid of it. Your heart will be compelled to do that, to move that stuff out of the way so you can see him more clearly so you can walk with him more closely. We've got to get our eyes on him. Paul, when he was writing to Timothy, was at the end of his, he's almost at the end of his life. And he said, there's a prize awaiting me at the end of my life that the Lord will give to me, but not just to me, but also to all those who love his appearing. Those who love his appearing and what he was talking about was when Jesus returns, it's like all those who are seeking after that and desiring that earnestly. There's going to be a reward for them as well. He said, I'm not any more special than anybody else. There's going to be a reward for those two. But I love that line. Those that love his appearing, those that love to see Jesus show up. He said, there's a reward waiting at the end for those that that that, that seek that. And what's the reward? Other than him himself to be able to see in the fullness what you've been searching for all those who love his appearing. We got to seek him. We got to seek him in the pathways that we know he's going to be passing by. It's not a secret. He tells us exactly where he's going to be, how he's going to move and how we can interact in our life with the Savior of the world. Thankfully, we don't have to climb up a tree. But we get together, the gathering of the saints, when we commune together, 
He's moving. When we get into his word, he's moving. When we worship, he's moving. When we're in prayer, taking our needs to him, he is moving. And the way we see things is changing. We have to keep seeking him. Amen. Stand up with me. I want to pray with us as we get ready to go. And then Andrew's going to come up and we'll sing together. We have to continually seek him. It, it is a first point for us. Like Zacchaeus, he's looking for Jesus. And when he had that first interaction, his life was changed, altered forever. But again, it's also an everyday seeking. It started something that he would do for the rest of his life until he got back home. So whether it's for the first time or the 500th time, we keep seeking him. He's not hidden Zacchaeus knew where Jesus was going to pass by. We know where he's going to be. He doesn't keep it a secret from us. But are we going to love the seeking of him more than we love other things? It's a life changing moment and it's an everyday practice. When we seek him, we find him. There's repentance. Oh, I was thinking wrong about that. You're right. I shouldn't have thought that way. Shouldn't have been mad about that. Shouldn't have been looking after that thing. You're, you're, you're right. And then there's action to correct it, to make it right. Walk in righteousness, to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the way that things ought to be. And, and it changes our mind and it changes the way we think. And the word for that in the Bible is sanctification. It's him growing us up into the image of the one that saved us. The one we were born again after. When you were born, you generally look like one or both of your parents. There's things that match up. There's things that are the same. You may sound like them. You may have some of the same mannerisms. It just happens. You grow up into the image of the one you're born after, and it happens in our life in Christ. We grow up into the image of the one we were born again by. Open to the image of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not like me going to the gym. I got to get stronger. I got to do more. It, it is me engaged, but he does all the work. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you that we can seek you and find you. Lord, our heart needs to know you and needs to know you more. I thank you that you found us when we were in darkness and a great light shone upon us. And I thank you that we were like Zacchaeus, that when we, when, we, when we started looking and realizing that you were the one we were searching for, that the way we thought changed, the way we acted began to change because something had changed our life and it was seeing you. And that we'll continue to seek you where you will be found in the gathering of believers, in, in the holy scriptures. Command you in prayer. God, as we do the things that you've commanded us to do, loving you and loving others, God, that we'll know you more. We'll see you more clearly. And we'll be ready to introduce the beautiful sight of you to those who are around us that don't yet know that you are the one that they are looking for. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace and that just like Zacchaeus, we didn't deserve to be called by you. We don't deserve to have you in our house, but you have graciously and in, 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 in astounding mercy 
paid the price for our sin to move that out of the way, what was separating us from you. And I thank you that you continue to move it out of our heart and our mind and our actions, that we will walk by the spirit, not fulfilling what the flesh and the carnal parts of us want to do. We love you. We thank you. I think that as we leave this place today, we do so encouraged by who you are and in unity together with one another. God, keep us safe. Protect your people. I thank you that you give us wisdom and peace as we walk through the rest of this day. Give us strength as we rely on you. I thank you that we find strength uh, that, that passes what we're able to comprehend because we're drawing from a well that cannot be exhausted. And I thank you, Lord, that we will never forget that we always need to seek you. We need you. And that our awareness of that would grow so that our dependence on you would grow. And I thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing and what you've yet to do, both in our individual hearts, in our households, here in this body, God, and in our community. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you that you're turning the light on for some folks. I thank you, Lord, that you are changing hearts and minds as we seek you. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name.